Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are in the book of Hebrews. We are study we are studying chapter one, and we are looking at verse two and verse three. And uh, as we said yesterday, we got started yesterday. This is a book um, written uh, to encourage young Hebrew believers. This is a book to encourage young believers today. This is a book to encourage all believers today. It's a teaching for Christians today. It's what you do with your faith. Now you believe in Christ. What are you doing with it? And so it's all about Jesus Christ. It is the centrality of Christ. It is the supremacy of Christ. This book is the last word from God to man. It's Jesus Christ. This book is all about Jesus Christ's completion of God's plan for the world, of God's plan for you. It's all through Jesus Christ. And as we put in at verse 2, uh, verse 2 says, But in these last days, you know, meaning not the end of time, uh, those days, but in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. So in other words, it's a contrast to how it starts in verse 1, long ago, in many times, in many ways. Long ago, this is referencing the beginning of time and as the early days of the nation Israel, they were depending on the old law, the old covenant, the Mosaic law. But now in these last days, we have the days after Jesus Christ has come into the world. These are the latter days, according to time itself being measured around Jesus Christ, before Jesus Christ and after Jesus Christ in the world. And that is a big thing, because before Jesus Christ was in the world, man was hopelessly chained to his sins and hopelessly dependent on old Mosaic law that couldn't even be fulfilled. But the presence of Jesus Christ on earth has changed all that. It gives His presence gives man hope that you don't have to fail, that you don't have to um, try on your own to 
accomplish the completion of the old Mosaic law. But through Jesus Christ, you have hope through him because of his grace for you. So time itself is measured in Jesus Christ's presence in this world. And because he's here, because he came, you have that hope too. So in these last days, verse 2, he has spoken to us, this means God the Father, has spoken to us by his Son. So now we don't have to depend on this old uh, covenant. We have God speaking directly to you. God comes in the form of his Son. Jesus Christ is the incarnation of God. He is the personification of God the Father. Right there for you. What other religion has God coming to earth as a humble baby, as a humble man? What other religion has God coming to you in poverty as humble as it gets? Starting with a baby growing up, walking everything you've walked. What other, even if you don't, even if you don't believe in God or you're not a Christian or you're claiming to be an atheist, if you had to make it up, how would you want to be approached? In other religions, you have to do, do, do all these things and take pilgrimages and do all, you know, you know, sacrifice and do a lot of chanting. But what do you think about a God coming to you? in total humility, in poverty, and knowing all the trouble that you have to go through, to go through all those things, to get to you, and to sacrifice himself so that you have hope. In other words, what other religion shows the personification of love more than what Jesus Christ did. If you had to write it, you couldn't write it any better because it's a total, Christianity is a total relationship. It's not a religion. It is a relationship based on love. That's what it is. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. And what is the fulfillment of the law? Love. And that's the gospel message. That's the good news. So in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. In other words, Christ's supremacy over all things because he owns all things. All things are his. Through whom also he created the world. So Christ was present before the world began, He made everything. God the Father, through Christ, made the world. And God the Father, through Christ, sanctified you. God the Father, through Christ, redeems you through His resurrection. And God the Father, through Christ, will vindicate and come back in this world victoriously and put down sin once and for all and restore this world.
restore this new creation. So God the Father is working through Christ the Son, but the Christ the Son is heir of all things. He he made this world. He owns all this world. He gave up all his things when he came in the form of human flesh to sacrifice himself. He sacrificed everything he owned to the world, gave it all up for each one of us. You're hearing this? Jesus Christ the Son gave up his authority for you, specifically for you. But now he is the heir of all things in the world again. So he's, he is heir of all things again. He made all things. Now he owns all things, including you that he sacrificed himself for. And you're heir to all these things also through Christ. You share in that inheritance through Christ, through Christ's sacrifice, because you've been raised with him spiritually as Christ was raised spiritually. Isn't that an amazing Isn't that an amazing gospel message? But that's Jesus Christ. That's what he came for. For that. Verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God. Radiance is sort of another analogy to light. He is the he is light of the world. He is a the world is a dark place without Christ. In other words, Without the light, the world is dark. And Christ is just like a light shining in a dark world. His power and His love and His hope is just like light. And McGee points out that we've never been to the sun, but we know what the sun looks like. We can look up at it. We can see the light. We can see it lighting our day. And we can see the warmth that the sun gives us. And we can see the sun's effect on the plants that it causes things to grow. Without the sun's light, things would die. Plants would die. And without plants or things, animals would die because they couldn't eat the plants. People would die because they couldn't have the animals to eat or the plants to eat. Without the sun, nothing would grow. Everything would die. But we've never been to the sun but we know the characteristics of the Son. And just like we've never seen the Father through the the Son being Jesus Christ, we know the Father. So we can see the Father through the Son. He is the exact imprint of His nature. He's the radiance, verse 3, the glory of God. He's just like the rays of sun. He gives off the characteristics of the Father And he's the exact imprint of his nature, of the Father's nature. So we know God's glory and we know God's nature through Jesus Christ. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So we have have the, the glory of God through Jesus Christ, the nature of God through Jesus Christ, and we have the power of God through Jesus Christ because he upholds the whole universe by the word of his power and this whole universe is not disorganized this whole universe is not random 
things. This whole universe has an order to it. It's always interesting that when you take biology or any type of science, they always emphasize that the world is random, that the universe is all random, random evolution. But when you look at the chemistry of the world, you realize it's very ordered and very structured, and chemical reactions happen only in a certain way. Atoms are put together very structured. They have specific shells and electro and electric properties for each shell, which dictates chemical reactions. And those chemical reactions must occur in a certain way. So I think sometimes certain people's hearts are just blinded to it, but it's so evident when you allow your heart to be receptive to God's authority and God's power. Not everyone will be. But when you look at it, there is no question of God's power and authority, even down on the molecular level. And if you don't believe that, go try to make yourself a molecule out of the elements. You can't do it because the molecule is so specifically created. It's so specifically arranged. You can't make it. And the power that holds an atom together, when we break an atom, we've seen with the atom bomb what amazing power is there in these little atoms. And the power, that shows you how structured these things are. This is not just a random bit of material. And if you think it is, go try to make yourself an atom can't do it it's put together a certain way we can break an atom to try to break it apart and release an enormous amount of power but jesus christ upholds the universe by just his word of his power he has authority over every atom every molecule every bit of this universe every planet every star So he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, in other words, with all this authority, the glory of God, the imprint of his nature of God, and the power of God, once he came in making purification of sins, in other words, once he comes to earth in humility and gives all this up, to die on the cross for me and you. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. In other words, once his work on the cross was done, he is now elevated back to God's authority. He is the heir of all things, and now he is elevated back with God in heaven. So Jesus Christ has sat down in his glory one day to return to restore this earth and restore all of us as well. And so that is about as succinct a description of, of Jesus Christ 
purpose that you'll ever read in just those three little verses. So, <clears throat> this is where we'll stop for today as we begin and continue our introduction into this, this amazing book of Hebrews. I can't wait to go through this. This is one of the big books of the Bible that we're studying here. So from me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And now we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. So take it away. Look forward to hearing your take on this as well today. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Good morning. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 2 all the way to verse 3. In the first verse, we saw that Christ is superior to prophets because all of them, according to scripture, gave a partial revelation of, you know, God's message, of God's program, of, you know, uh, God's plans. God never let any one of the Old Testament writers, the Old Testament saints, prophets, give a complete revelation of him and his program. So we have to put it all together and to understand it. So, you know, we have, you know, um, about 45 writers who came together and put it all together in what we have as God's word today. And this is the Bible. So God didn't reveal it all to everyone. I mean, like God gave the law to Moses and not to Abraham. Um, God, you know, revealed to David that there was somebody in his line that was going to come and that was the Messiah. And, you know, God had different revelations to, you know, the prophets and the fathers. That's, um, you know, Moses, Joshua, Isaiah, Ezekiel. So God revealed different things, you know, um, at sundry times in, in a diverse way to different um, saints and different prophets. Um, and God didn't reveal everything to one particular person. And now God has spoken finally and completely in his son. So, you know, God has finally just, you know, spoken. And um, even if God had to um, step out of heaven today and speak, um, he wouldn't add anything or subtract anything because he had spoken finally through the son. So verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 1 reads, Has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir to all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So, you know, to us, God spoke in the son. You know, the us is very important here as he spoke to the prophets and Hebrew believers in the Old Testament. So he has spoken the final word through his son today. You know, today we are in the now generation and we're in an age of grace where we go to God through the son. So Christ is superior to any of the Old Testament writers because the revelation is filled up in him. He fulfills all of the Old Testament and he himself gives God's final word to mankind. So, you know, God uh, is in the flesh through the Son. And God chose the superiority of the Son in seven statements that we have. And, and, and you know, here in this particular verse that I just read, we have two of the statements um, 
that um, actually, you know, um, that actually like states and give us uh, the superiority of God. So here, you know, John says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So all belongs to him. Creation is his. So he came down and took upon himself our humanity. So the first man on this earth was Adam. And he was given that dominion. He was given that rulership. He was given dominion over this creation. And, um, you know, that rulership, you know, all creation was under um, the first man, Adam. And he lost that. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth, he became a man. And he recovered that rulership and control. So, um, you know, um, that is, and we can actually see that, you know, um, in the miracles that he performed from the natural and the spiritual realm when he was actually here on earth. Like, you know, he can command the sea to calm because he has ownership and he has rulership over that. Um, you know, he could turn water into wine you know he had that rulership so we can see we, we saw that through you know the spiritual and um the 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 natural um miracles that um he actually performed when he was here on earth it shows his rulership both of the spiritual and of the natural world so the lord jesus is going to be heir of all things as he recovered what adam lost when uh, Adam was given rulership Adam lost it when um, you know in the garden of Eden so scripture says we are joint heirs with Christ so that we have an inheritance that's incorruptible and defiled and unfading and um, it's reserved in heaven for us because of the wonderful things he did for us he died for us on the cross and he recovered what adam lost and even more than that so you know that's the first thing you know god um he is you know he is um in charge of all creation he is um you know it's it's his inheritance he actually recovered what adam lost so the second statement here that shows God is superior is, um, you know, by whom also he made the worlds. So here the worlds, you know, doesn't basically mean, uh, you know, the, the physical world. So Dr. Jamie McGee interpreted uh, worlds here is interpreted in Greek as iron. So the world here, you know, the worlds here refers to, you know, not to creation, but but you know to ages which is more than just create you know which is more than just creation or the creator as it's land's purpose in everything as the air this gives the program for the future so he not only created everything he did it for a purpose so there is a purpose and plan for everything like everything that god has put out here he has a purpose for it. You know, it's not by accident that I woke up today and I am here right now um, doing a podcast in the morning at 6.27 a.m. Um, there is a purpose and a reason for everything. And God has a purpose and program in everything that he does. So first, there was um, the test of the fruit in Eden. 
uh, then there was the mosaic law and now we are in the age of grace so you see you know there is this program that god is actually um you know following through so that's um the second statement that shows god's um you know the superiority of the lord jesus christ okay so now verse 3 of hebrews chapter 1 reads who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high so here now you know there's this statement the brightness of his glory so this is um this is actually sorry this is actually the second statement the first statement was he is in charge of all creation the, and then here the second statement that shows his superiority is you know the brightness of his glory so brightness here means the outshining the you know if we look at the material sun today in space uh, you know the sun is bright and early out right now it gives you know a great illustration as you know we could never know the glory of this material sun we can't because you know because we can't look at it directly as it would actually blind us if we did but you know from the sun's rays we get light heat and you know healing and that's how we know about the sun you know we haven't gone there and like looked at it and met it but you know we can actually um, feel its light and 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 its heat so we would never know anything about God apart from the revelation that God you know God's given to his you know in his son he is the brightness we never see God but we know him through Christ so just as the material sun through its heat and its light that's how we know the sun so that's how we know God through you know his son who came down in the flesh here and became man so the other statement used here is the express image of his person so the word express means steel engraving so the lord jesus christ is the revelation of god because he is god he is god himself he is god the son so he's not just you know the printed material like here in the bible he is the sealed engraving of god so he you know because he is the exact copy of god because he is god the son so paul in colossians 2 verse 9 states um for in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily so um you know like paul actually describes him you know in him uh, dwells the fullness of the god godly body so he is god himself god in the flesh and um the fourth thing that actually states uh the fourth statement that actually shows the superiority of god here that we're told here is the upholding of all things by the word of his power so he upholds all things by the word of his power so he created all things right um you know there's a program and purpose for everything and um you know and by his word he holds everything together you know it's just amazing you know when you just tend to look around and you're thinking you know there's actually somebody holding everything together because you know we're not living in a chaotic world the world is moving towards um a, a program and god has a program for it 
um, you know, the sun isn't where it is today um, because or the, the particular star that we tend to look at every night isn't where it is just because it's there because God put it there for a purpose. So the Lord Jesus Christ furnishes the program and, um, you know, he furnishes the program purpose. He is the person of God and the preserver of all things. So he holds everything together. Imagine today, um, you know, if God just had to just by the click of his hand and just remove gravity, imagine the chaos. And we, we, we tend to think we're living in a chaotic world because, you know, just imagine when he was born, um, of the Virgin Mary, that little baby, you know, Dr. Jima McGee has made this statement like quite a number of times. He would have just snapped this world out of existence, but he holds and puts everything together. So I tend to wonder people who say they don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or they don't believe in God. I tend to wonder like, okay, what do you think is actually holding everything up? Yeah, we may try to explain our way, you know, out of the, you know, the little knowledge that we have. We may try to explain our way because we studied all these, um, you know, philosophies and, and um, PhDs. And because we're smart and we think we're smarter than God, we try to explain everything and all. But don't you just wonder, like, you know, you, you will explain away gravity. Um, but... Uh, who actually is in control um, you know like because God is the preserver of everything he, he is actually the power the preserver of, of um, everything that we actually see today because he's the creator um, and um, you know he created the different worlds the different ages and um, you know he has a program for everything um, and everything happens for a purpose and a reason. So the Lord today is actively engaged in maintaining creation. So the fifth statement that's made um, that um, shows us the superiority of the Lord Jesus Christ is when he had by himself purged our sins. So this is the only purgatory um, that we, we, we have. So the pardon, you know, and this is the pardon of our sins. So only... Um, and it's the only purgatory that's actually mentioned in the Bible. So he went through it all for you and me. You know, he went through that suffering on the cross and all for you and me in order to actually save humanity. So he today offers pardon for our sins and the purging was accomplished by what he actually did on Calvary for you and me and, um, you know, for you and me today. So um, we are saved by God, not by our good works. And because, you know, I'm a nice little girl or, you know, a nice little, you know, you're a nice little boy. No, we are actually just saved by the grace of God and what he did for us. He took away our sins. Uh, he died for us on Calvary. So, um, and then the sixth thing that's actually mentioned that shows that um, he is um, superior to angels is the provision for you know, the presence. So he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So he sat down. God died and he rose. He defeated death and he rose. And he is alive today um, on God's right hand. So he is there for us today if we just turn to him. So, you know, this book is exciting because it, um, it's actually expressing who Jesus is. And it shows us his program, it shows us his plans, and it shows us he is far superior than anything or anyone here on earth today. So it's a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a revelation um, because it was it, an in, inter-testament book for the Hebrews who were coming from the Old Testament and transitioning into the New Testament and transitioning into Christianity. Um, 
for them to actually understand because uh, in the Old Testament, um, angels were regarded as, you know, next to God because there was so many appearances of angels. But now we had a son who actually, a savior, a son, a Messiah who actually came down here on earth to, um, you know, to intercede for us and to actually save us. And, um, you know, he's being introduced that he's far superior than any creature here and he's far superior than the angels so um it's a beautiful cookbook um and i'm looking forward to um the study further so thank you all for listening in god bless and have a pleasant pleasant tuesday bye-bye